Welcome to Tech Review, powered by Axel Springer. Here we explore the latest trends, news and updates from the world of technology. This podcast is the perfect source for staying up to date with what is important to know right now. You can watch all episodes on YouTube or listen to us on all major podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts while you work out, drive or maybe even travel through space. My amazing co-hosts today are Henrike Hedel and Vincent Irmler. And my name is Tarek Madadimamluk. And today we have a lot of topics to discuss. So let's jump right in. And uh, one special announcement is that we, the Tech Review Podcast, are, pre are going to be present on the Quantum Tech conference in london in september so if you want to join us while we go through the vendors and talks there and talk to uh, all the participants you can join us there on uh the 19th of september in london and of course because we are media partners of this conference you can ac actually get 20 percent uh rebate um by using our link that we are going to post in the in the uh Notes in the description of this Chat podcast. Notes <laughs> in <Right>. what? <laughs> Anywhere we can, we will post it. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. But what else happened in the past two weeks? In the past week, sorry. Uh, let's week. start with Vincent, because we know Vincent is always going to start with this third article. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, I have three articles. Uh, yeah. uh, yes, I thought I didn't contribute to this one. No, can we choose? Uh, <laughs> let's please uh, take another one. And uh, the one we're taking is the on the bottom about the Quest Pro 2. Set the yes. net. Okay. Exactly, because it is connected to the article I brought the week before. The week before, I brought in the information article about the MetaQuest Pro, which is not being produced any longer, slash it is currently being produced, but only until demand, uh, sorry, until supply of uh, materials for the device um, are running out. And then uh, Meta will not reorder uh, re any of the components. So the MetaQuest Pro, uh, MetaQuest Pro officially is already at the end of its production cycle. Now, um, this is just the first step. The second step is that Meta now stopped the development of the MetaQuest Pro 2 um, in favor of the MetaQuest 3. Uh, the MetaQuest 3 will launch, I think, in a month now. Uh, the MetaQuest 2 is currently on sale. If anyone is interested in it, uh, it's cheaper than before. But however, well, maybe, maybe you also wait for the Quest 3. It, that is not the point. The point is that the device was so not well perceived that they actually stopped working on it. And it is interesting because the Quest Pro actually got very well reviews when it was re uh, released um, a few months ago with one objection, which is the extremely high price. The Quest, uh, MetaQuest Pro 2 was announced with 1.5K price, uh, $1,500 um, before taxes. And um, suddenly after the announcement and after the shitstorm that broke over Meta, uh, the price was decreased to $1,000. Um, now, Uh, the next step, the discontinuing even of the development of the next Pro model. Um, it looks like Meta got the message or understood it uh, that um, the Quest Pro line is just too expensive. People expect a cheaper, um, yeah, a cheaper hardware set and portfolio from Meta. And I am not sure. My question is uh, what that does to Meta's 
strategy because I think obviously Meta will want to push into the more high value uh, headsets uh, when it comes to pricing. Uh, because obviously they want to compete on one level with Apple. And when <laughs> Apple in January will announce or not announce, will launch and start to sell their Vision Pro, um, the price of 4,000 euro, I'm pretty sure my opinion definitely is it will not stop people from buying it. So I can see that Meta wants to do that too. Now with the discontinuing of that set headset, uh, what does that to the other headsets? Uh, what does it to the development? Is that maybe even a, uh, yeah, a, an actual problem for their strategy because they won't uh, gain enough uh, financial return on this investment? Yeah, true. And uh, I'm really, really, I, I personally, I never thought that Meta could actually see themselves as a competitor for Apple because I think they have quite different target groups but of course there is like this overlapping uh, group of people uh, who are enthusiastic enough to actually compare like the very very high priced um, vision pro and um, the more <laughs> reasonably priced uh, meta devices um, but yeah it's it's probably highly probable that right now all the vendors and all the um, um, companies who are working with VR devices are orienting themselves on a new player on the market because everybody knows that Apple is a trendsetter and is going to change quite a lot of things uh, when it comes to standards starting next year in the VR AR space. Yeah. Um, did you read anything else about the MetaQuest 3? I, I personally did not uh, follow up on this development um, at all for now. Um, do, do you have, uh, did you read anything about the specs? Is there going to be like a big leap to the Quest 2? Well, I mean, uh, the only thing that I can say is that it is on time. Uh, that is what I know from the very article that we see in front of us, uh, because there the Quest 3 is mentioned to be on time. Um, and uh, well, also something... What does something, that mean though, on time? Where um, they I, think the, I think the launch is in September. So I think uh, we will see it in September. Uh, on sale. Uh, I don't think it's going to be in Europe available for in the first launch. I think it's going to become a bit, uh, going to be available a bit later, just like the Quest Pro, which wasn't available in Europe until now, um, as far as I know. But um, besides that, one thing that I brought last time, maybe Tarek, you remember, is the lenses um, that they yeah. were using, yeah, the brightness issues that they had. And, and it's also mentioned this article one more time, if any one of the uh, listeners or viewers um, as in follow up on the last episode, um, the lenses that are being used is actually still liquid. Oh, I need to look up the, the name uh, of the specific tech. Um, they will not use the new version of the startup that, uh, that Meta required some time ago. It will still feature the liquid crystal on silicon uh, yeah. displays. Uh, which is a very old technology that uh, doesn't allow the sharpness that Apple will, for example, deliver uh, on every display. Um, and it also does not deliver on the brightness that they want to deliver. However, the new technology um, and the name of it is, I can find it here, um, high, new high-end displays. I would have to look up the other article, Artemis. It's called Artemis. Everything's called Artemis now. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, don't tell the Berlin guys. But <laughs> no, don't tell, don't tell NASA. Eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but um, yeah, they couldn't get this technology to work, and that's due to the fact of thickness of the displays. The displays were too thick to actually be built into such uh, something like that. The weight would be overbearing, and therefore, um, I know that the um, technology they were using is still liquid crystal, and um, it will definitely deliver or definitely deliver c uh, colored outside cameras. That's also something that we know from the information article. But that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And now. No, 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 no. Wait. And now this. So I read on VentureBeat that Stack Overflow jumps into the generative AI world with Overflow AI. We already know that uh, probably everyone is now starting uh, working with generative AI, but now it's also um, every developer's favorite website. It's Stack Overflow. Um, Stack Overflow has introduced Overflow AI, a series of initiatives that leverage generative AI capabilities. And these capabilities are available on both the public Stack Overflow website and the enterprise offering um, of Stack Overflow uh, for, for Teams. Um, and AI search enhancements uh, are, are done um, with Overflow AI. And they are introducing uh, such functionalities uh, for both the public uh, website and um, like the, the business um, the, the business offerings. Um, and they do not replace the community-based question and answer forums that everybody knows from Stack Overflow, but instead they are complementing um, them by providing natural language processing um, where you can base queries and generate more highly accurate accurate uh, results from the existing knowledge base. And um, this will be um, a support for, let's say, all experience levels. Um, so even those people who know exactly what they are uh, looking for will get like more detailed results, but also people who um, ask like the wrong questions. And this is something that is uh, happening a lot with, let's say, beginner level developers who do not really know um, how to phrase their, their questions properly. And they get a lot of backlash from the community who says, oh, no, we will only answer if you formulate your question in the perfect way that we expect on this forum. And so the AI will help you formulate even your queries in a in a better, more um, professional way. Um, and there will be also a Visual Studio Code integration um, of these new tools. Um, and uh, this is also a very, very um, very important in times where we have these co-pilot uh, extensions and we already have like on our local environments um, all of these tools. Um, and they say they are not competing with the GitHub Copilot, for example, um, but they want to be like the additional interface to the knowledge base on uh, on, on this forum of Stack Overflow. And so um, they are not trying to fight the other tools, but simply uh, add another complementary interface to bring um, generative AI in your everyday development work. Uh, and Stack Overflow's mission was always um, like the, to become the, the first destination for everything technology related. And they uh, say that this is now, of course, adding to their fulfillment of their mission, um, that it is even easier and more efficient now to access all the knowledge that we have on Stack Overflow. Um, yeah, and uh, the, the alpha release of this new tool set uh, is supposed to be now <laughs> in August. Uh, and developers and enterprises can already sign up um, 
for access uh, via stackoverflow.co slash labs. And I'm super, super interested in this because um, I probably speak for all software developers. We are all highly dependent on the community of Stack Overflow. And this is de facto right now the one destination to get uh, your community support for everything in software development. And so it was time. only a question of time <laughs> until they jump onto this wagon. Vincent. Ty, what does Stack Overflow do? Oh, okay. <laughs> T technically, Stack Overflow is just a forum, a forum where people are exchanging uh, questions and answers and knowledge about software development. So this does not sound so Is it like GitHub? Special. No, 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 no. It's, it's literally a forum. It's, it's literally a forum where someone can ask uh, like, ah, oh, I have this routine. I wrote this in JavaScript and it does not work. I get this and that uh, error message. And then other developers take a look at it and say, ah, it's, it's pretty obvious because in line five, you wrote this and that, but uh, the constructor does not accept this particular value. And then you get the answer. And, and th this sounds very simple, but because it became so popular that thousands, let's say hundreds of thousands of developers worldwide are uh, contributing on there and they upvote their replies to certain questions. And so the most upvoted and then accepted answer is usually like a go-to guide for all problems that you have in software development. This is like the The, the prime destination, because you, you could imagine if you have a technology that is used by thousands of developers, every question that you might have, some, develop, some other developer yeah. already had this question, and you find the question and the upvoted and accepted answer to this particular question with examples and everything. And because this community developed these kind of standard formats of please make sure that you formulate your question in a very decisive way and you give examples and the exact uh, error message that you get. It's very easy to search for your particular problem. You can easily understand what the problem is and get very clean and upvoted, like on Reddit, upvoted answers so that you basically, um, you start Googling something and the first 10 high quality results are from Stack Overflow. Mm -hmm. And in okay. 95% of the Uh, the cases you find exactly the the answer that you're searching for on Stack Overflow, and so there's also this this classic meme that if you want to be uh, like like 50 of your work uh, as a developer is like copy and pasting answers from Stack Overflow into your code base. <laughs> okay, but then I think it's very obvious that it's not competing with Copilot, right? Because Copilot is much more involved with you specifically and what you do. And yeah, yeah. a but, bit but less people, with supporting you just asking. Right, but uh, Copilot is a big threat to Stack Overflow because um, if you could uh, imagine that Copilot is trained, for example, on the contents from Stack Overflow, then you do not have to go to Stack Overflow anymore because Copilot could simply provide the answers that you're searching for directly within your um, environment. Um, and uh, Stack Overflow still wants to uphold this community aspect and still wants to have people talking about these problems and exchanging information on their forum and not having everyone delivered all of the answers only within their environment. Um, and so let's see if it works, if people still want to have this community aspect. It is, of course, valuable, but for simply finding the answers to your problems, you might not need Stack Overflow anymore. And so I'm very curious to see if their community-based um, AI solutions um, are valuable enough that people still go to Stack Overflow to discuss um, their, their topics. And when exactly will it be 
launched? Uh, it's, it's supposed to be launched this month in August. Um, and right now uh, you can sign up for the alpha version. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been my next question. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm super curious to see um, if, if it's just the desperate attempt to stay relevant in times where uh, Gentrif AI could basically do the job of Stack Overflow or if they are actually staying on top of the game and uh, simply make the experience um, invaluable. And now this. Let's continue with Henrike. Yes, and the Twitter slash X one on the verge. Yeah, that's that's probably also news from beginning of this week. <laughs> We're now at the end of the week, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we we could uh, we can talk about this shortly. Um, the fact that Twitter is rebranding itself, I think, was announced last week. Um, um, and uh, one funny thing that happened at the beginning of this week was this huge, giant uh, new X sign um, appearing on top of the headquarter in San Francisco, and was taken down very quickly because there were a lot of complaints from the people around uh, the neighbors and everything because it was really a bright pulsing strobo lights thing um, that was so flashy that people were frustrated um, and it was also put up in such a hurry that it also raised concerns um, if it's really like safe and everything because it was from from pictures from above it was just hold by some sandbags and stuff <laughs> so um, yeah it was really like frugal <laughs> um, yeah so Twitter and uh, what X now I have to call it X right um, uh, denied access for inspectors to actually check it out um, and said then like it was temporarily it was just supposed to be temporary from the beginning just for an event not sure if that's really the case but um, yeah they now um, I think they received 24 complaints about it and so like there will be a follow-up although they now took it down but there will be like a um, legal kind of follow-up situation anyways they will be fined um, uh, probably no matter what um, yeah and uh, it's kind of the the whole removal of this thing ends kind of this very short-lived striking era of Twitter's rebranding. <laughs> um, and that's actually the whole point because it's this whole rebranding thing is done so lousy and it's like really, again, is that on purpose? Is that part of a bigger plan that we cannot really... Henrike, if you can hear us, you are uh, frozen right now. But I mean, to be fair, it's the first time on Riverside that this happens. So, props yeah, to Riverside true. that it happens the first time now, after we did so many episodes on here. Let's see if she comes back. Yes. In the meantime, we can watch Please, the Please, well, yes, I wanted to ask, can you scroll and show us some more? <laughs> yeah, this is, okay, well, this is very, very bright. <laughs> true. It's literally screaming into your face that they have like this new logo. Yeah. <laughs> can you play the second video? Let's go down there. Oops. Ah. No, X opens. Okay, it's funny that they have the Twitter thing still. Okay, Henrik is gone. Yes. Yeah, she probably uh, restarts the connection. Yeah. Maybe a browser crashed or something. But this is... 
<laughs> it was so good. This is so horribly bright. Horribly bright. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in your face. Imagine you're living there. It looks yeah. like living, living. <laughs> Yeah. It's going to attract airplanes or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, oh, the new. There's the new. Uh, there's the new um, runway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can imagine that people get annoyed by that, but uh, isn't this not illegal <laughs> to have uh, something in this in this magnitude? I don't know. I mean, Elon Musk doesn't care about that, right? I yeah. think that he. Uh, I think that he ordered it says well let's go with it and see if anybody complains and now it happens yeah. <laughs> but i mean generally it's this is so weird because i mean elon musk does so many things i mean he's taking a lot of risks yes and sometimes he's happy and lucky with it but on the other hand you know these happen currently his track record isn't very great and therefore uh, there's so there's so much bad press hmm Hi. I don't know if, if, if you <laughs> <should> probably <laughs> take less Welcome risks, Enrique. Yeah, we, we're we talking, already we're watching the videos, and we, <laughs> we already made a lot of fun about uh, the new flashy sign. Yeah, that's that's the whole point of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I was really cut off, like my Wi-Fi just broke here. Um, so I was just about to say that this whole rebranding thing is done so lousy on on X slash Twitter's end, not just when it comes to this weird sign and the whole setting up and taking down again. But if uh, I think it's also mentioned in that article or in, in another one that I read about that, um, the Twitter.com domain still doesn't direct redirect to X.com. It's the other way around. If you type in X.com, it refers to Twitter.com. Um, then the Twitter blue thing is still Twitter blue and not X blue. And if you look through the login or support pages of Twitter, it's it always refers to Twitter and not to X. So it's really just uh, it feels like a big joke at this point. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I still wonder if Elon Musk just hates Twitter so much that he still works so uh, so strongly towards dismantling this whole company. It's just like uh, I got a list of 10 things uh, that I can do to simply make their work hell. <laughs> just destroy everything. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. Um. Even though Elon Musk, he loves the letter X, right? Uh, so he had so many projects and companies, and I think he actually bought X.com like back in, in the 90s or something. Um, and, and so if he loves it so much, but hates Twitter so much, I couldn't imagine that he wastes like this name, the company name uh, on, on a platform like Twitter. <laughs> but does he hate it? I mean, does he hate Twitter? I think I remember that uh, back in the day when um, when Donald Trump was removed from Twitter, um, he was complaining loudly about the lack of um, freedom of speech, and he was not uh, happy with the way that Twitter was handling like um, the, yeah. the access. But was that uh, the whole point of him then buying it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but the question is, what did he want to do this to destroy Twitter? or to influence it in, in, a, in a good way. Because uh, at that point of time, um, people like Donald Trump, who created his own uh, blogging network um, with truth, what was it? Truth? Truth. 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 Um, truth and network. Elon Musk, who potentially could have created like his own uh, competitor to Twitter. But Elon Musk decided to buy Twitter. 
in a weird way. <laughs> I mean, but Trump would put, I don't think Trump would have had the resources to buy Twitter. I'm pretty sure that this was on the table. I could imagine that. Uh, and to destroy Twitter, I mean, I know we have been discussing this over and over again, but the, this, even for someone like Elon Musk, this is such a heavy invest uh, and such a risk just to buy it, uh, just to destroy Twitter, buying it uh, feels tough. I mean, we see all of these crazy things happening around Twitter, mostly to um, make the investors happy that gave him the billions. So I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's also just a sign of desperation of like, okay, I failed big time in this kind of joke that I made and that ended up me really buying it or like having to buy it. Yeah. And now like people are, you know, like leaving the platform. Everything's a bit weird. They do not have, you know, they had to fire people. So now also the, uh, the product itself is getting worse because, you know, you cannot really uh, re maintain the quality and everything. Um, and now, like, okay, let's do a rebranding then uh, to, to, you know, like, close one chapter and start another one. But it's done in that way. So it's like, it, it feels, it doesn't really feel like there's a big plan behind. Um, it feels like an act of desperation at this point. Yeah, yeah, a sign of desperation, a big flashy sign, sign of, of desperation. desperation. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the flashiest. We, we know Elon Musk. We know Elon Musk. He released a flamethrower for the boring company, right? Uh, just as a merchandise gag. Yeah. But yeah, of course, I mean, the only one who could actually tell us what his intentions were with this amazing publicity stunt uh, would be Elon Musk. So Elon Musk, we invite you to come to the Tech Review podcast and talk to us about your really, really big flashy sign <laughs> and tell us the story behind that and what, you, what your intentions were there. So you are absolutely invited. So maybe next time we will have Elon Musk on the show. Yes, or well, maybe not. Check it out. All right, that's all for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, we will see you. No, you will hear us and see us next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 -bye.